At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Very excited because March Madness has officially tipped off the first four going on on Tuesday. Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, of course, not Texas A&M. Uh, OG, if you will, because they were not led into the tournament, unfortunately. But Texas A&M, Corpus Christi versus Texas Southern. Texas Southern wins by nine. No problems there. And then Indiana-Wyoming, not a pretty game to watch, but a March Madness game nonetheless. Wyoming cannot get it done. Indiana wins 66-58. to Covers that four, four and a half, whatever you had on them. I had Wyoming plus four and a half. I lost it. I didn't care because, like I said, March Madness is back. And also... There's such thing as live betting, and I live betted over a total towards the end there. So all things considered, not a bad day, not a bad first day of the tournament, and now more first four action going on on Wednesday. Bryant versus Wright State. Couldn't tell you where either of those schools were. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Notre Dame versus Rutgers, the two 11 seeds facing off as well. That's at 6, 10 p.m. Pacific time, so that will be something worth watching as well. All these games, really. Isn't this the best time of the year? It's actually... So complicated for betting because there's so many games going on. I handicapped all of the games on half the bracket. So I did the South and the Midwest so far, trying to get the other two done. I filled out my bracket already, but just in terms of handicapping each game, trying to go through Ken Palm, pouring through these teams, trying to figure out how they're going to match up. And then going beyond just the stats, obviously, as well, trying to find some intel on it, especially how they've been performing as of late. 
But there's so much action, especially in the first four weekend that first of all, I did not want to miss out. So I did last minute book myself a ticket to Las Vegas for Friday. So Thursday, that first round, I will be at home able to watch UCLA, all of that good stuff. But then USC will be playing Friday and a bunch of other teams, obviously. So I'll be in Vegas for Friday for that. So that'll be really exciting and Saturday as well. Uh, that said, there's so many games to bet on. It's really hard to just pick what you want to do. Uh, it's interesting because when I look at this, some teams just kind of stand out as better than their seeding. UCLA, to me, being one of them, I don't know that they deserved a four seed. They're definitely playing higher than a four seed. And then Tennessee is a number three seed. They're plus 175 to reach the Elite Eight on Bat Rivers. And I don't hate that, to be honest with you. I really like this Tennessee team. A lot of the T teams, to be honest. I also like uh, Texas Tech as well up in the West bracket. And then you can also bet the teams that are going to make it to the final, right? The final championship game. Gonzaga versus Kansas is the shortest shot on Bet Rivers at 5-1. to one. Gonzaga versus Arizona is 6-1. to one. And then Kentucky versus Arizona stood out to me at 22-1. to one. I thought that was interesting. Kentucky, a two-seed. I like that team a lot. So... In today's show, first, UCLA and USC, obviously both invited to the big dance. No surprise there. UCLA plays Akron Thursday. I hope no surprises there. And USC plays Miami on Friday. Then, of course, we'll get into Lakers and Clippers, who are both in action Wednesday night. I don't know why you'd want to hear about the Lakers, but we will talk about them. First things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. So in the NBA, Lakers 30-1 to to win the West. 60 to 1 to win the championship. Last time we checked in on these odds, not but a week ago, I believe the Lakers were 20 to 1 and 50 to 1. So odds getting longer every day. And I can't imagine why. On Wednesday, they are eight and a half point dogs to the Timberwolves, total sitting at 237. And then the Clippers, right now, 25 to 1 to win the West. That's gone down from 30. So getting shorter here. And then 50 to 1 to win the championship. So also has gone down, I believe, from 60. So uh, very, very interesting developments with the Clippers as well, who are in action on Wednesday. Raptors at the Clippers. Clippers a two-point dog in this one. Total sitting at 218.5. Good. Should be a good defensive matchup, at least between these two teams. And then we talk college basketball. Uh, Thursday, as I mentioned, UCLA versus Akron. UCLA a 13.5-point favorite right now. Total sitting at 128.5. UCLA right now 25 to 1 to win it all, which is better than their odds at the start of the season. Those were around 12, 15 to 1 coming off that hot Final Four run last season. First four to Final Four, rather. But 25 to 1 it all right now at Bet Rivers and plus 350 to win the East, meaning making it to the Final Four. So if you think they're going to make that run again, plus 350, I do think it's going to be a tough task, but we'll get into that in a minute. And then USC playing on Friday, minus one and a half right now versus Miami. This is kind of looking like a coin flippy type of game. Total sitting at 139.5. USC is 100-1 to win the tournament and 25-1 to to win the Midwest. So to make the Final Four, they'd have to beat out Kansas to do that. As for the Bet River specials as well, this one kind of stood out to me. It's got USC in the mix. Any three of these five teams to make the Sweet 16. So you just need three of these teams to make the Sweet 16. I'm going to give you the regions, too, to help you out. So Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Villanova, or USC 
to make the Sweet 16. Need three of those. It was minus 143. It's down to minus 120, so a little bit better there on the odds. Duke out of the West, North Carolina out of the East, as is Kentucky, but Kentucky's in the bottom of the bracket. North Carolina's in the East, so in theory they could both get there. Villanova out of the South and USC out of the Midwest. So again, minus 120 on that one for three of those five to make the Sweet 16. You can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. Now let's talk about the madness. So as I mentioned, UCLA, a little bit tougher path. Now it's hard to say tougher, right? Because they went first four to the final four last season. But some things kind of broke their way in some ways. And hopefully we see that again. And I say we as in a Bruins fan. But this year, a little bit tougher in this East region. Now, the Bruins assuming, and we shouldn't assume anything in March, right? Rule number one of March Madness, do not assume anything. But let's say that UCLA gets past Akron in the first round. They would likely face fifth-seeded St. Mary's, a.k.a. the team that gave Gonzaga a loss. And that would be in the second round. Then, if they can get past that veteran, well-coached St. Mary's team. Now, again, St. Mary's not overly athletic or long, which has usually been more of the Achilles heel for UCLA. They were swept by Oregon, for example, not a very good team, but an athletic team. Uh, and also had some trouble against Arizona, a really big team. But Gale's veteran, well-coached, they could also have a good crowd in Portland in that second round. So, could get interesting. And... Yeah, I just it's just really tough when you're going up a veteran team like that. That's who they would face in the second round, most likely. And then what? Top-seeded Baylor? Baylor's the one seed there? And they have to face them in Philadelphia on their third game. They have to face the defending champs. So, and like, again, a really tough Baylor team. Like, forces a lot of turnovers, which would be interesting to see against UCLA, who's incredibly good at taking care of the ball. But even if they could get by Baylor... They would have to see Kentucky, maybe Purdue. It's just a tough road, but the road nonetheless. They did avoid a potential matchup with Gonzaga before the Final Four, so that's something, but uh, it's not like they're in an easy region at all. USC, on the other side of things, they'd have to beat Miami. That's their first game. And then likely Auburn, who's facing Jacksonville State. Auburn, I'm not a team that I'm really sold on. Not really sold on a lot of the teams out of the SEC necessarily, but... Uh, Auburn especially, and especially as a two seed. I don't I don't know about that. But likely that's who they'd face. So if they can get by Auburn, which maybe they can, not really with the form they've been playing in lately, but if they can kind of shore things up, then they face who? Wisconsin is a three seed or Colgate if you think they get an upset. Iowa State maybe, but maybe Wisconsin. And then Kansas in the Elite Eight to make the Final Four. So uh, that would be a tough road for USC just to get by Kansas, I believe, that to me is the biggest obstacle but we'll see how they're looking because they did not look so good at the end of the season here but neither did UCLA heading into their fantastic run so anyways let's talk about UCLA versus Akron because that is going on on Thursday four seed UCLA minus 13 and a half versus a 13 seed Akron total 128 and a half which is kind of intriguing because UCLA's offense is not necessarily what they hang their hat on and Akron's offense is a little bit stronger than their defense, I would say. But we're seeing kind of a low total here. Portland on Thursday at 6.50 p.m. Pacific time. East region, first round. So UCLA opened as a 16-point favorite here. Now down to 13.5 at Bet Rivers. Um, so if you did want to get some value on Akron, that would have been it. It was sitting at 14 for a while as well. So now down to 13.5. So yes, people taking the points with Akron. And I can understand why. They're the MAC tournament champion. They're on an eight-game winning streak. 
This will be their fifth appearance ever in the NCAA tournament. They have four players averaging double digits right now. That's a little dicey, right? They can kind of, that means they're having different guys scoring, so we can't just lock up one guy or two guys. That said, they don't necessarily have a ton of size, which, as I mentioned, can be a little bit troublesome for UCLA. They do have the best scoring defense in the MAC and the number 24 scoring defense in the nation. So, well, yeah, there you go. That explains the 128.5 total a little bit more. Uh, people love to bet unders in this early part of these tournaments, and I totally understand why. And maybe, you know, neutral tournament and it's March Madness, it's one and done. You have to play it a little bit closer to the vest. But this is a pretty low one, so it'll be interesting to see what people think of this one. Right now, Akron, 57th on Ken Palm in effective field goal percentage at 52.8. This is where I get a little bit off-put, if you will, because the Bruins are 142nd in effective field goal percentage. They're not really elite anywhere specifically on offense, and yet they're top 20 in both adjusted offensive efficiency and adjusted defensive efficiency, and yet a four seed. But I digress. Akron, clearly better effective field goal percentage here by a lot, and so that can be a little bit troublesome. I know that this is a team that can shoot threes better than the Bruins can. And I'm hoping that this is a game that UCLA can figure that out because they're not exactly a heavy three-point shooting team, UCLA. But the Zips of Akron <laughs> don't defend the perimeter well. So if you're going to try to get your three-point game going against a team, this might be the one to do it. Um, Akron likes to play really slow, as does UCLA which, as I'm saying, it is making me get more and more interested in this under. Um, but Akron, real slow. I mean, that's how Akron's going to have a shot at this game, right? They have to keep it slow. And UCLA, same thing. They're not going to try to out-offense the team. Um, that said, Akron gets to the foul line a lot, which I know people have ca cause for concern, perhaps, for UCLA. But Akron's also 70% from the free throw line. The bigger issue for me is UCLA needing to avoid getting in foul trouble, especially their bigs, right? Miles Johnson, Cody Riley. Uh, that was kind of something we saw in the Arizona game. Arizona, by the way, was playing without Kerr Krissa, their point guard, um, in that game. But such such an incredible game between those two teams. Looked like a Final Four game. I know I've already said that, I think, on this pod the other day. But let me just keep reminiscing because that was just elite basketball. Hopefully we're in for more of that uh, in these coming days, coming weeks. But overall, yeah, UCLA avoiding that foul trouble. I mean, that's true of any team on any given day. But especially here for them versus Akron. Luckily, Akron doesn't get a ton of stops. And like I said, not a good perimeter defense team. So maybe UCLA can kind of get it going. That said, Akron being the shooting team that they are, a three-point shooting team more so than UCLA, the value definitely seems to be on them here, even at plus 13 and a half. Um, I hope that we see the Bruins blown with them out. But 13 and a half in a March Madness game with a team that's shooting well like Akron. And defense is not a slouch necessarily. I think that the value's on Akron, even though, like I said, opened at 16. So the value not there as good as it could have been. If you want to kind of wait, see if you can... I don't think anyone's going to lay the money with the Bruins here enough to move this line back up. But maybe. But maybe something to keep an eye on. And as always, I love to bet in-game. So if you get a number in your head of what you're looking for, maybe you want to get that 16 again. You might get it. Maybe UCLA comes out hot and kind of goes on a run and Akron takes a second to settle in. And then maybe you can get a little bit better than 13 and a half. But I think Akron, worth a look. They're well coached. This is the third school that John Gross has brought to the NCAAs, also Illinois, and before that, Ohio. He led Ohio to the second round in 2010. 
And then in 2012, Cinderella story of the tournament, Ohio made the Sweet 16. So I personally don't want to see any Cinderella silliness from Akron this year, but that's just me. Uh, as for props for this UCLA game as well, I've been trying to venture into this a little bit more. It's probably real hectic betting props on college basketball players, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, I've been cashing them, so I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> Jaime Hawkins Jr., Triple J, if you will. He's been on fire lately. He was dealing with these ankle injuries a lot of the season, and this is something that he talked about after the Pac-12 semifinals game, after beating USC. He was on the Pac-12 desk with Ashley Adamson and staff, and they asked him, do you care who you face, etc. But he just talked about how it was so great that their team was finally healthy for the first time, and this was really the first like one or two games really in the Pac-12 championship of the whole season where they had everybody healthy and accessible for them. And even that, I think, is little tiny asterisk that Johnny Juzang to me has not looked fully back whether that's pain or not it could just be he's been out of the mix and he doesn't have the confidence but people were saying you know versus Arizona oh this is you know March Johnny I'm still not convinced he's all the way back okay but that said everybody else has been picking up the slack including Jaime who I'm very very happy to see that his ankles have not been bothering him as much in the last six games here 18 points, 19 points, 23, 27, and 30, um, and 17. So his prop in the first Pac-12 game was 14 and a half. I bet that over. I think it was minus 118 juice at that point. Um, that obviously cashed because that was, I think, his 30-point game. Um, hit that, and then it was 15 and a half the next night, and I thought, well, let's go back for more. Why not <laughs> the way he's playing? Uh, hit both of those, so then over 15 and a half because then he, what he scored, 23, 27. And then he was 15 and a half again versus Arizona and hit that as well, I think hitting, what, 18 points. So did go over again. No reason to believe he's not going to continue to have that kind of production in my mind. I think that he was dealing with injuries in the other parts of the season. And even when he was dealing with those ankle injuries, he was throwing other stats up on the board. He's just really tenacious out there to the point where I was fearing for this man's ankles. But I do think that he's, we're going to continue to see that production from him also simply because he gets a lot of boards as well. So mentioning that, UCLA is likely going to beat the Zips here on the board too. How fun is that to say? The Zips. So maybe worth a look at Triple J, so Jaime Hawkins Jr. or Miles Johnson over rebounds. It's tough. Because UCLA does a lot of stuff by committee. That's what I think makes them such a good team, right? They're not this elite shooting team, but they find a way to let each other shine. Now, sometimes it's a little bit too much ISO offense for me personally. I'd like to see a little bit more motion, a little bit more assist going on. But um, they do find a way to help each other shine and succeed, and they share a lot of the, these stats. And so, you know, Jaime will have 10 rebounds one game, then five then 11, then six, right? Just looking back at the last four, for example. But he has had six or more in five of the last eight, and he gets them because he goes up for them every time, right? He's just so, he's going to go after every board. That's the kind of player he is. So I like betting rebound props with him, even though, like I said, on any given night, 10, 5, 11, 6. So for me, the points prop has been where I've been looking, but I'm interested to see what the number ends up being because like I said, it was 14 and a half, 15 and a half, 15 and a half in the Pac-12 tournament. So if it's somewhere around there again, it might be worth a look. Also, as far as points props, Jules Bernard. 
he's been looking a lot better the last couple weeks. And it's funny because I talked with my dad about him and when he first started at UCLA and we looked at him and we're like, how is he like pardoned? But like on this UCLA team, how is he playing, almost playing division one basketball in some ways? And there was just like this lack of maybe, I don't know, basketball IQ, if you will, that seemed to be missing. But the strides he's made in the time he's been on this team has been incredible. And he's a serious, serious, like, important component of this team is what I'm trying to say. The trouble is, like I said, UCLA scores by committee. That said, I think Jules Bernard has had some off-shooting nights. We've seen them uh, in the Pac-12, or maybe you haven't. And on any given night, it could be a Tiger Campbell night, uh, but it could also be a Jules night. It's been less of a Tiger Campbell night, and I think that that's because Tiger steps up when the other guys are not playing well. For example, versus USC, first game at the Galen Center, he had 27 points. The next closest person was Johnny Juzang with 12, right? Everybody shot horribly. Jaime went 0-5, I think, from three. So Tiger has to step up and do it himself, and it's Tiger Campbell isos against these big guys, right? Not ideal. That said, now that UCLA's got so much of their health back, I think we're going to get to see Tiger kind of be more in that distribution role, but he's also a really solid three-point shooter. He's going to have trouble against longer athletic teams, of course, but it'll be interesting to see if that is how everything settles in for the Bruins. That said, Jules Bernard was 12.5 points prop versus Arizona. I hit that as well um, on the over, especially against a Zips team that doesn't... Zips, so fun. So fun. Uh, that doesn't defend well against the three, right? This would be a team that I would look to Jules to kind of be able to get some in. He's had 15 points or more in five of his last six, and the one that he didn't have more than that was 12, so he just missed it by a half point. Um, if his points prop is something like that, 12 and a half, might be worth looking at. Um, Tiger Campbell's have been sitting around nine and a half, ten. 10. Um, but again, you're betting on college athletes, so keep that in mind. Moving on to more college athletes, seven seed USC versus 10 seed Miami. USC, a one and a half point favorite. Total sitting at 139 and a half. This is in Greenville, South Carolina on Friday at 12, 10 p.m. Pacific time. So USC playing in SC in the Midwest, Midwest region first round. So Miami finished fourth in the ACC this year. They earned a 10 seed. It's their first tournament appearance since 2018. But it's also their lowest tournament seed since 1998 when they were an 11 seed. So just getting back into the fray, if you will. USC, on the other hand, for those who don't know, last year, Mobley Brothers, they led USC to the Elite Eight. That was Evan and Isaiah. And now Evan off to the NBA. He's been tearing it up. Like, just crazy for a rookie. Uh, but they lost to Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. 85 to 66. Fast forward now, Isaiah having to step up of the Mobley brothers. He leads the Trojans in just about every category. He's averaging 14.3 points per game, eight and a half boards, 3.2 assists, and 0.9 blocks per game. On the other side of things, Miami, eighth best team in limiting turnovers. And I think this is going to be critical to this game's handicap. Again, this one being played on Friday, so we'll probably expand a little bit further on this in Friday's podcast ahead of this game. But I believe this game, like I said, 12, 10 p.m. Pacific time, so not, not too much craziness going to transpire necessarily. But USC, they've lost three of their last four games, okay? In those four, they had at least nine turnovers per game. Nine, 23, lest we forget, 15, and 12. Now, to be fair, two of those games were versus UCLA, and one was versus Arizona. Really elite teams here, right? But the 23 turnover game was versus Washington. 
And Washington played their little hearts out, but that's inexcusable. And it's interesting because it's, and I've, I'm sure I've said this before and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, maybe a little bit, but I <laughs> pointed this out at the start of the season with USC. Who have they played? Okay, they're on a 13 win streak, but who have they played? And what is the deal with this turnover problem? And yes, we asked about the free throws and only one of those things have improved, right? They continued to play competition that wasn't impressive necessarily. And then when they play impressive competition, the UCLA's, the Arizona's of the world, not going to happen, right? So I can understand why people think this is going to be very much a coin flippy type of game with Miami. That said, I do think that people are too down on the Trojans right now. And I do think that they'll be able to cover this one and a half. At that point, if you want to just look at their money line, um, just to, yeah, you'll have to lay a little bit more. Uh, but this was something actually that they mentioned in the VEASAN tournament betting guide, which came out on Tuesday as well. You can check that out at vsin.com, the sports betting network. And they talked about, you know, if it's less than a three-point favorite that you like, maybe just look at the money line. It's minus 124 for USC to win. And it's minus 110 on the spread, obviously. So if you like to not have to worry about USC winning by two or more and just need to win the game, minus 124, not terrible. Um, but again, it's at one and a half. So are they really only going to win by one? Is that the game we're going to have out of the gate? Because that's troublesome for USC. That said, I think they get this done and I think they cover. I do. I think they advance and maybe they play Auburn next. One more team before we move on to Lakers and Clippers and all of that jazz. Cal State Fullerton in the LA area. We're going to include them in the mix. They're the 15 seed and they are 19 point dogs to number two Duke. Total sitting at 146 and a half. Wow. Wow, Cal State Fullerton, you must be a crazy shooting team. Uh, this one going on Friday at 4.10 p.m. Pacific time, also in Greenville, South Carolina, Midwest region, first round. So the Titans, Cal State Fullerton, earned their auto bid in the tournament. They just barely got this one-point victory over Long Beach in the Big West Conference tournament. It'll be their fourth appearance in the tournament uh, ever. And they have not won an NCAA tournament game since an Elite Eight run in 19... 78. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they got knocked out in the first round in 2008 and 2018. So will that streak continue? Probably. Yes, absolutely. It will. It's first Duke. Uh, senior forward EJ Anosaiki leads the Titans with 16 and a half points and eight and a half, 8.3 rebounds per game. And then Duke, what do you need to know? They led the ASCC in adjusted offensive efficiency, adjusted defense efficiency, and adjusted efficiency margin overall. So there you go, the trifecta. But they didn't win the ACC. So I get why people are not as high on Duke as maybe they should be. I don't want to say should be. I get why you're not high on Duke, period. They didn't win the ACC. Virginia Tech took care of that. Nine to one. That was nice. And they also lost their last regular season game versus UNC. So Coach K, yikes. But Duke will win this game. I'm not laying 19 with them. If you want to take a flyer on Cal State Fullerton because you're a Cal State Fullerton fan or you just hate Duke, go ahead. Uh, Mazel tov. Absolutely do that. So much to look forward to. So many games. Uh, if you guys have questions or anything that you want me to discuss on the CityCast, please feel free to tweet at me. I am actually going to get into the women's bracket a little bit as well. Not these initial games so much for me, just because the women's game is a little bit more top heavy. So we'll just kind of see as we get into this more. But I'm excited to look at Stanford and Colorado on the women's side of things uh, from the Pac-12 and more. So that 
something to look forward to on the Los Angeles CityCast. And coming up in the immediate future, Lakers and Clippers both play Wednesday night. We'll talk about it next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet River Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I am, of course, your host, Danielle Alvari. Let's talk about the Lakers. No, please don't leave. Hold on, please. We have something to say. Um, the Lakers are eight and a half point dogs at the Timberwolves, total sitting at 237. And the Lakers are looking to stop a 10 game road losing streak. No, I can't make this sound good. I can't make it sound good. It's terrible. It's uh, If you're a Lakers fan, you've all but given up on this season, I have to imagine. Uh, the diehards, of course not, would never would never even assume that about you. But come on. Uh, on Sunday, for example, the Lakers gave up the most points in a first quarter in franchise history to the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, if you, you probably don't remember, because I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but in my year in Vegas with VEASAN, my first year, so not this last year, but the year before, I was betting first quarters a lot in the NBA, and it was simply in a lot of ways because I was doing a show called Primetime Action with live betting uh, that would end around, I don't know, that would end around the time that a lot of these NBA games first quarters would be ending. And so I was like, well, I don't want to have to follow this when I get home. I got to drive, all of that. Let me get this done in the immediacy. Plus, I was betting uh, first period over and unders in hockey. I just got really into this, like, give it to me in the first you know, quarter period and let's get this over with, which is much harder to handicap if you can believe it. That tangent to tell you the Phoenix Suns were above, far and above all the other teams in covering the spreads in their first quarters, the first quarter spreads, for whatever reason, like by a lot ahead of the other NBA teams. It tapered off towards the end of the season, and it was a lot more effective when they were at home and also more effective when they were given points, of course, like than if they were laying. But in general... Phoenix Suns first quarter was like a go-to bet for me. Just like, even if I didn't have time to handicap it, wanted to fire it off like a real degenerate. But that said, uh, Lakers giving up the most first quarter points in franchise history to, of course, the Phoenix Suns. Of course, that's a first quarter team. They give up 48 points. Then 24 hours later, they scored the fewest points in a quarter in franchise history. So a little flip-flop there. We're now scoring the fewest points in a quarter in franchise history. So the defense and the offense struggling. Great to see. That was to the Toronto Raptors. They lost that game. No surprise. And also in that game on Monday, they shot 0 of 13 from the three-point area in the first quarter. Guys, they're, they're they're lucky that I'm just looking at the first quarters here. <laughs> Honestly, it could get worse. And also, 0 of 13 from three in the first quarter, most attempts for a three without a made shot in the first quarter by any team in NBA history. So still setting records out here, Lakers fans. Still setting records, unfortunately so. The Lakers are 29 and 39. They're closer to the 13th seed than the 8th seed in the Western Conference. Are they even trying anymore? Right? Vogel says yes. I say no, not so much. Um, nevertheless, they face the Timberwolves Wednesday night. They're getting eight and a half points. They've covered the two other times this season that they've been eight and a half or greater favorites. But the last time was what? 
128 versus the Raptors, maybe? No, they covered when they were eight or more underdogs both times. But the last time was on January 28th versus Charlotte. And before that, it was the Bucks in November. This is not the same team from January, and it's certainly not the same team from November. And frankly, the team in November was really injured as well. It's just, it's just all bad in the Lakers world. They're 28-39 and 1 ATS. Uh, and they're having to face this really, really good Timberwolves team. Uh, the T-Wolves have won nine of their last 11 games. They've covered eight of their last 11. And Carl Anthony Towns, in case you missed it, I think I missed this and I had to go back and watch the highlights, 60 points on Monday at the Spurs. 60. No surprise, the Timberwolves are number one in points per game uh, in this, I mean, really dreadful matchup. Uh, the total for this is high. You can understand why. In that Spurs-Timberwolves game, the Timberwolves won 149 to 139. When they played the... Portland Trailblazers, the, they played them in back-to-back -back games, two days apart, I believe, or one day apart. And the first game went over, the second game went under. That's pretty much what we expect, right, pattern-wise. They had five straight overs, Minnesota did, and then four straight unders. And then their last game was an over. So the total after those five straight overs was creeping up and up and up, and then it kind of hit a plateau, I think. Four straight unders, and then an over again with this Spurs and Timberwolves game. It seems like the games that went over were against teams that are actually decent at shooting. For example, the Trailblazers kind of have an offense going, the Warriors examples. But the unders were happening against these less <laughs> less good is what I was going to say. <laughs> these bad teams, Oklahoma City, etc. Uh, so this seems high to me for a total, but I can totally see this game getting out of hand. I just, are the Lakers trying? Is there an angle here to bet the Lakers players unders? something to consider something to look into as for injuries Anthony Davis out with his foot Dwight Howard day-to-day -day. Kendrick Nunn of course out and then for the Timberwolves Jared Vanderbilt is day-to-day -day with a quad injury Jordan McLaughlin day-to-day -day groin and then Nas Reed day-to-day -day as well but they're they're gonna look good and it's going to look bad for the Lakers and honestly I mean eight and a half I don't like that number but I'm sure I can get you know what I was going to say you could get a live number on the Timberwolves, but can I? No, probably not. So maybe you just take the minus eight and a half if you really, really want to play that game and just fade the Lakers because that is in full force right now. As for the Raptors, the Clippers, the Clippers are two point dogs, total sitting at 218 and a half. The Raptors, though, we talked about at the start of the show, their odds getting shorter and shorter uh, for winning the West and winning it all. And I think that we're inching closer and closer to a Paul George return as well. The Raptors beat the Lakers on Monday, 114 to 103, and only shot 27% from three. So, yeah. The Clippers lost to the Cavs in overtime on Monday, 122 11, 111, and they only shot 33% from three. The Cavs shot 50. So, I'm not upset necessarily with that loss for the Clippers, and the Cavs have been actually incredible at covering the spread this season and just in general at beating expectations. That said, as far as ATS is concerned, Raptors 38, 29, and 1 ATS. The Clippers 34, 36, and 1 ATS. The Raptors are 38 and 30 straight up. They're looking to extend this four-game road winning streak they have going on. And the Clippers are 36 and 35. Now, last time they played was December 31st. The Raptors beat the Clippers, but 
Again, not the same Clippers team. We've seen quite a surge, especially since the start of February. Raptors offense isn't anything special necessarily. Not very good. Nothing to write home about. But their defense, especially since after the All-Star break, so just talking about uh, since the All-Star break, 11th in points per 100 possessions, 14th in effective field goal percentage. The Clippers defense, on the other hand, same time frame, Fourth in points per 100 possessions and first in effective field goal percentage. That, of course, for their defense. So not a good shooting team necessarily on either side. The Clippers, again, have been struggling in that area as of late for whatever reasons. It just kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest. But hopefully they can kind of get their feet under them there. Uh, As for the Raptors, Pascal Siakam leads the Raptors in scoring 21.9 points per game. He's averaging 8.3 rebounds per game. This would be a great spot to maybe look at a rebounding prop in favor of the Raptors, at least for Siakam perhaps, because the Clippers don't necessarily get a ton of boards. Van Vliet for the Raptors, he's making 3.9 shots from deep per game, so I don't know what his three-point prop is going to look like. I'm sure it will be adjusted appropriately. Remember, we know what the books know, and the books probably know more and before us, but maybe something to look at. Also on the Clippers side of things, a little bit like UCLA in some ways, or they're kind of scoring by committee on any given night. It's a Marcus Morris senior night or a Reggie Jackson night. But Reggie Jackson right now leads the Clippers in scoring and assists with 17 points per game and 4.8 assists per game. Uh, Zubak getting all the boards for them. Um, yeah, I like betting his over and rebounds as well. And again, I don't think either of these teams is necessarily like elite at that. He's grabbing eight and a half rebounds per game. So whoever you think is going to win that battle. Maybe it's worth a look at Zubak. Uh, I lean under in this one, even with the total being, what is it, 218 and a half? Raptors injuries. Malachi Flynn out and OG Anobi out. Clippers, wow, quite a list. Uh, Norman Powell, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard all out, as we know, for different things. Toe, elbow, knee. And then Jason Bresson out. Jay Scrub out for the season. And Robert Covington day-to-day for personal reasons. That said, like I said, lean under in this one. I think it's going to be two defensive teams playing and not necessarily uh, firing on offense. But maybe there's something to be found here in the props market. Or just take the under. Or don't bet it at all because there's so much college basketball going on that you can bet instead. (laughs) So we'll talk about that and more uh, when we come back on Friday. So thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. Remember, new shows three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That means I'm back on Friday. I hope you are as well for more of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.